We're stepping it up to full gear to review yeah. AEW's full gear. Hello, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show. And what's that I hear you say? Are we available on ProWrestlingTees.com? Why, yes, we are. As of this week, you can find us on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash A to the K Wrestling so you can get all our cool t-shirts and stuff. And yeah, just, you know. Or oh, as Lazy Evans would put it, A to the K. A to the K. you look for. It's, I mean, I joke, Lacey. We love you. We do. We do love Lacey. Even, even Mick Foley. Mick Foley said it in the most Mick Foley way, didn't he? A to the K. It's just like you know, yeah. being right Everyone here. Their own unique take. Yeah, <laughs> we're right here on A to the K. It's like cheap heat. I'm, I'm cheap not. Heat. I'm not trying to pick favorites here, but uh, Griffey, he did it best. Yeah, love Griffey. He said he did say to us, "Let's run it back." So let's we get it back run on. It back. Um, we, we said he was a rising star. Now his star has risen. So certainly, we could speak to him since everything that's happened to be will, could be cool. Will be cooler. But I know although we're talking about AEW, we're talking <laughs> we about are talking about AEW. Yeah. We so are talking about some full gears. Let's talk about full gear. What a pay per view this was. Let's dive right in. So format wise, I guess we're going to go down the highlights oh shite route. But like, you know, yeah, we can just chat about stuff, see what happens. But obviously, the show. Kicked itself off. Well, obviously, we did have the pre-show. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, but... I personally didn't see the pre-show. I think you did, Carl. So if you've got any particular notes from that, then I'm happy to hear them. But I, I didn't catch the match, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I thought the pre-show was fine. But I think it, it probably wasn't highlight or shite worthy. It was just, That's you know. Fine. Little. It was fine. Um, but I'll tell you what what was better than fine, Anthony. Because I fucking loved it. I loved everything about it. Is MJF versus Darby Allen. What a way yep. to kick off a pay-per-view. Controversial. Probably my match of the night. Outland, you know, that's probably one of the only uh, downsides to full gear is how can you top that match for the rest of the, the show? The thing is, I I think it's a really difficult, like, they put on, and I'm not even, like, we sound like proper marks with this, but I'm fucking going for it. They put on such a good pay-per-view that it's even really hard to suggest a match of the night because I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I don't know, you might be surprised at that because Darby Allen was involved. These two were fucking brilliant together. I loved MJF in the ring, like, just being a, a fucking show-off, basically. He's got such athleticism that he just got to really display it here. Like, it's, he, he's not, he's a big guy, but he's not the biggest guy. So watching him, like, dominate the likes of Darby Allen is just, like, it's exactly the kind of way he would function, you know what I mean? Um yeah. The whole match was just fucking brilliant. The pair of them really did fucking well. Uh, even that goofy sort of rolling round thing they do because they were both competing to try and get the roll up was just fucking funny. Um, do you know what though? It was, really, it was good. Really there good there was a couple couple of little moments like that, like where they both had the shoulders on the mat and they were both like lifting their arms off at the same time and stuff. Like, you know, they are a bit kind of goofy, kind of indie type things, but the crowd was into it and I didn't mind it either. To be fair, it was nice yeah. to see a little bit of. Um, I kind of liked it different. because like they were both like it, it's like a weird display, wasn't it? Like they're both equaling each other so how do you get the win kind of thing i, I quite like yeah it. but um but the reason i say it's hard to pick a match of the night is because like no spoilers for later on but like i'm torn because like the the payoff to such a long storyline which mm. we will get to how can that not be a match of the night it's so difficult to pick one it really no, is no it is no it, no it genuinely really is but um i don't know what i don't know what it was obviously we talk about mjf his, his promo capabilities and stuff like that but it's just he he always reminds you when you see him in like these big matches of just like he's so fucking good in the ring as well. It's mad that he can 
do both so well. Um, obviously, Derby always delivers, and you know he puts his body on the line, does some crazy kind of stuff. But I was, you know, I wanted to call out just some really incredible moments in this. So, firstly, yeah, that 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 code red counter that um, MJF did, I've never seen that move countered like that before. It was brutal. Um, I fucking loved it. Popped for that really hard. Um, then we have the actual pop up code red that Derby manages to hit. So that one was just like fucking mental as well. Um, and then obviously the the big kind of th- the selling points for um, you know MJF was like his his knee. So he was selling the knee all the way through, but he was still hitting some crazy stuff. So the tombstone, um, yeah, onto the apron, power bomb onto the knee. Um, so yeah, MJF selling it all throughout, and I like the fact as well with this because what 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 I feared is there was going to be loads of interference. I, I feared like you know Sting was going to be getting in there and stuff like that, and he kind of marshaled it on the outside. There was a point where Wardlow and Sean Spears are about to come down, and Sting was like, "Nah, that's not happening," and it was good. It was just enough to create the distraction, but it wasn't like oh god, like there's loads of interference going on. Like sometimes they can do. So I feel like even that bit they got right, but. It was funny as well, I don't know whether you noticed when watching this match, it was really pissing me off when MJF kept like adjusting his fucking tights every two minutes, and I was like, oh, this is doing my head in, like, get some bloody tights to fit. But then, it turns out, towards the end, he's got the diamond ring in there, and that's how he ends up, <laughs> you know, hitting Derby, so I don't know if it was intentional, whether it, he did just have some tights that were a bit too big for it him. It wouldn't but... surprise me if it was intentional, though, you know. Yeah, like, you know, if it was... Just he puts absolutely... a lot of thoughts in, a lot more thoughts in than you give him credit for. Yeah, it was an absolute masterclass um, from him. To be fair, he, he, was. he was, and he was fantastic. I, I have to echo your sentiments over the whole Sting thing. I think it it's logically explained why there wasn't interference because we didn't want any interference. But at the same time, you go, well, he's got backup and Darby's got backup, so you, they, why wouldn't they help? So I love the fact that they kind of dealt with that and was like, no, they're they're going to have this match and they're going to have it like properly. And Sting, like you say, um, sort of explain that in a in a storyline sense so there wasn't like a ton of distraction or a ton of interference um so yeah i, I totally agree that that was a particularly good part of it because we didn't want this match interfered with really no um so yeah for me i know it is difficult but yeah this was my match of the night i absolutely loved everything about it i think for these two as well two of them the four you know pillars of aw of the originals like what what a bright future for this company because them two mega stars already um so yeah i was i, I yeah. loved it thought it was excellent indeed um we then also had uh the lucha brothers defending the tag team titles against ftr um in what was also a really good match i thought how did you feel about this one yeah i i really enjoyed it I'm, i've always been a bit up and down on ftr to be honest with you um but i think ultimately they're just they're sort of deep into kayfabe so the like they keep making noise about not being happy and stuff like that and it's like almost like echoing the way they were as they were leaving WWE but it just seems more and more obvious that it's kind of deliberate you know mm. in a character sense like that of course they are like that's that's the, the sort of mentality of their characters at the moment um that being said they can always work really well and I, I don't know how what you were expecting finish wise but I think it, it was it was the right finish I think I, I mean I absolutely love the, the Lucha Brothers. I think we both agree on that. The Lucha Brothers are just Im- amazingly impressive to watch anyway. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I don't know where it takes them from here, but um I I I thought I thought probably enjoyed it more than I expected to. I was always gonna enjoy it because again, because of the Lucha Brothers and that's no disrespect to FDR, but mm. um I probably enjoyed it more than I thought I would, in all honesty. 
Yeah, no, it's a good point, to be fair. Um, I think we'd already seen it, hadn't we? We saw them lose the AAA uh, tag team titles to FTR, yeah. so this was kind of like... I think it was almost a foregone conclusion that the Lucha Brothers were winning this, so I, I was kind of less... Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially it was a little bit of a come down from the uh, MJF Derby match, but then also with the outcome, in my mind at least, being so like, already determined... I was just a bit like, yeah, um, a little bit less invested in I it. Do say, I, but, I take your point there, yeah. But to be fair, obviously, as, as we said, Lucha Brothers with amazing offense again and unique and crazy stuff that they do. I also think there was maybe one too many, you know, false finish attempts in this. Mm. And it's good It's good to obviously keep the crowd on the toes and stuff. And especially when, you know, some of the points I'm making of, oh, I feel like it was already pretty much a foregone conclusion. It did get me on the edge of my seat a little bit, which I suppose is what you need to need to do mm. when when you do think it's it's like that but yeah it did feel like uh, a bit of no, no schoolboy pins no well you know that that's all you need to do just get one of them and that's it that... protected man protected <laughs> so yeah um i agree i think it was a, a really solid match um and i think it was the right outcome but yeah to your point i don't know where where they go next now who the next challenges are going to be I mean, it'd be nice to see someone come up now who, like, maybe we didn't expect. Or, honestly, I don't know how you feel about this. This might be a bit from left field, but um, Max Caster and Anthony Bowen's getting a bit more of a push. I would We've be been seeing them that. more and more lately. Yeah, I would I'm be not saying they have to win, but certainly as a, a challenger for them to put them in a bit more prominence, I think it'd be a good show. I, th- I, I legit think the acclaimed are fantastic. I think... Um... I think it would be great for them to get some exposure against the tag team champions. So I think based on the the win loss records as well, that they're clearly up there in the rankings. So you'd have to imagine that their time's going to be coming pretty soon. So fingers mm. crossed that it is. Yeah, there. I mean your time is up. My time is now, as uh, John Cena would say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I remember when I first saw them. I was like, oh, these are just John Cena guys. These, and then I think I was just completely. Like held my hands up like literally a week or two later and was like, okay, these guys are great. Um, so. I mean, you can't you can't not make the connection. John used to come out and do his freestyle when he was a heel, um, but never to the level that Max Caster's doing it. No. So it's like you can make the comparison, but then when you actually watch them, you go, no, Max is like he's probably more about the freestyle <laughs> than he is wrestling. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. To be to be fair, I mean, the pair of them were actually. Um, they're so good for each other. I think Bowens is like the perfect hype man, isn't he, for him? Um, oh, yeah. And obviously, they're both, they both are really talented in, in the ring as well. But yeah, they've just got something which is a bit, you know, unique and, and, and a bit fresh. You know, everyone seems to love the promos. Um, or like the, you know, the, the raps that they're doing. So. Like, I know um, this obviously infamously went too far um, with the Varsity Blondes that time. But um, everyone, lo- they love it. Like, uh, people proper hyped over the Daniel Bryan situation the other week. People love it when he's edgy, but then he has to toe the line between edgy and offensive, which is a very difficult line to toe at the moment. So, Yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah, um, the next match to talk about, Miro versus Brian Danielson, the final Ooh. of the tournament eliminator. Um, beat the shit out of each other, didn't they? <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other. Um, it's a weird one this I was never truly sure who was going to win this there was a long period of time where I thought I think we spoke about it on last week's show I was like I don't know which way it's going to go because I thought Hangman was going to win the main event and I thought if he does I don't think they'll go into a program with um, Brian Danielson so I thought mm. it's gonna, they're going to need a heel to win it so I was like oh Miro will definitely win it but then I was kind of like well they're not going to have Danielson lose at this point so 
I was yeah, I was proper to and from mm. with it, but you know, eventually, um, yeah, it was it was uh, Danielson who, who picked up the win, and yeah. It How was, do you uh, feel about like? Do you think this is a, as effective as they think it is though? Like, definite banger of a match, no no qualms there. But in terms of the finish, do you think Danielson taking the loss to Miro? Do you think that had the impact it it should have, or do you think he should have took it to someone who was less established? Um. Well, Dan- well, Danielson won, didn't he? Um, so Danielson. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, oh, I was uh, I was probably confused here because I think I I thought it was going to be a heel that that won it. Um, so I was like adamant, and then it was only like literally just before the bloody pay per view. Effectively, I was like, no, Danielson's going to win this. It makes sense. Um, Why was I convinced Miro won? I don't know. Um, but Jesus yeah, Christ. Okay, I barely watched that match, Carl. Okay. Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, I ah, think um, I've had in my head all days one. Why have I done that? <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. um, no, I think it was it was a fantastic, you know, fully brutal kind of just let's beat the crap out of each other. Um, you know, Danielson's been doing that in every single match he's he's had in AEW. Every every time you see his chest, I, I, I'm just like that's ridiculous. Um, Weirdly but, though, he's fucking loving life, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's obviously a bit of a fucking say Damascus, isn't he? But um, I think so. I love, I love the fact. Well, I love, but I also kind of think they're they're overplaying it a bit. But the whole Miro has got a weakness with like DDTs or whatever because that played a part in this again. Um, but obviously, yeah, that I think the finish of it with having it's an unusual weakness, isn't it? Hmm. To be fair, like I don't know, I, I kind of don't get it, but no. Um, I like the fact as well the finish of it. It it still kept Miro looking strong because he didn't tap out. Um, so, you know, I think it was important he didn't ruin Miro because he's, he's obviously just lost the TNT title, being away for a bit, trying to find his god and stuff, and now he's come back and just suffered a loss, a loss again. But I think they had to do it in such a way that it wasn't going to really harm him, and I think that they managed to to do that. So, yeah, all in all, you know, clearly you didn't even fucking watch it, but all in all... Um, I convinced myself Miro won, as it should have been. Totally disagree <laughs> with this finish. Yeah. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, no, like joking aside, like I would have preferred a Miro win. Yeah, like it, don't be wrong. You know, I've got a lot of respect for Danielson. I'm not upset that Danielson won, but if you were asking me who I wanted to win, I would have said Miro. And you can maybe call me on my bullshit if I sort put something wrong in the predictions. I can't remember what I predicted. I think I said Miro. <laughs> I think you did. To be fair, yeah. Um, and I think I think because we yeah, were chatting over night, so I know I didn't get it right. I think because we were chatting about it though, um, and without giving spoilers away for the main events for anyone who hasn't seen it, but let's let's be honest, everyone probably has. Um, I think we were kind of under the impression that, you know, I think in our in our minds we were like, oh, Hangman Page is definitely going to win the main event, so you know it needs a heel to win this, um, which is why I think, you know, because I think we were like, oh, they're not going to do face versus face, are they? But yeah, um, but I don't need Interesting, interesting. Indeed, indeed. Um, so the next match to talk about, um, I really like this match actually. Um, it was a bit messy, but it was obviously Lucha Brothers versus. No, it wasn't. It was. Uh, <laughs> we did that. We we did that one already. It was uh, Super Click uh, versus uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So this one kind of reminded me a little bit of like old school Attitude Era, you know, hardcore matches. They're getting like um, similar vibes to like Shane McMahon. Um, Big Show, you know, just fighting in like the crowd and climbing shit and stuff. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it. To be fair, there was a lot of 
a lot of stuff going on. I think with with the people who were in the match, you know, the young bucks, Adam Cole, as you can imagine, there was a lot of big spotty moments in there. But even like Luchasaurus and stuff, he's so good, man. Like for someone of his size to do a bloody shooting star press off the ramp onto the con, you know what I mean? It's like what it's it's yeah. mental. Um, I mean, there are some who will criticise that a man his size shouldn't be doing that kind of thing, but I um I think it's a, an excellent display of athleticism. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you can and you don't feel like there's any risk of doing it, then there's no reason you shouldn't, in my opinion. But I think that's the point, isn't it? If you're not causing a risk, we've seen a lot of big men try things and it hasn't landed. And obviously, when it doesn't land on a big fella, it probably probably is more drastic, isn't it? But you say if he knows he can do it and it's safe enough, then fucking do it, man. Yeah. Um, but no, I I like genuinely think what I love about AEW pay per views is they they have like all the matches are so very different, but they all work in their own way. So if you think about it, the, the matches we've just been through, MJF Derby was amazing on so many levels because it's like two youth kind of products of the business, a proper kind of you know gritty match between the two of them, trying to figure out which one is going to be the winner. You have Lucha Brothers mm. and FTR, classic tag team wrestling with a bit of Lucha stuff thrown in. Miro yep. Danielson was an all-out war. Now we go on to this, which was just like a whole, like a street like a street fight with hardcore elements and stuff. Like every single match. I think it's funny really that Christian was involved because it had like vibes of Christian back in the edge in Christian days, didn't it really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like, like genuinely loved it. Um, I'm surprised Adam Cole um, obviously has is, is, is had a loss here to be fair. Um, but at the same time, I think the outcome doesn't it, count. It did make sense. I think. I think we all. Um, I think you, you, me, and the, all of Instagram basically all assumed that Superclip were winning this one. So, you know, shock value, which is what you want as well. So, I liked the little yeah. um, kind of storyline of, of Jungle Boy and Christian trying to bring it out of him to hit that concerto, and he just wouldn't do it like two or three times, and then towards the end, he's like, he finally manages to bring that side out of himself and do it and stuff. So. Obviously, it's these small things that start to help evolve a character like Jungle Boy, who, you know, we know in his current gimmick is gonna it's gonna be quite a limiting factor for him in years to come. So yeah, it's exactly, gonna be something yeah. which he starts to kind of grow out of and, and things like even. It, it seems like yeah, like you say, it almost feels like the start of that evolution, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, and I think I know I know it was a street fighter. You know, he's not gonna, he's going to be going back to wearing his little loincloth next week, but you know, just the fact he had like jeans on and stuff like that, and he had a bit of a you know facial hair and stuff on him he started to feel like yeah. he was evolving yeah. from that character yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah i don't know i am um, all in all i thought it was a, a nice change of pace uh, even though it was a bit hectic and chaotic at times there's you know you kind of have to give it a little bit of a pass because we expect yeah. these sort of matches to be a bit chaotic yeah there's always drawbacks with this kind of i know like you know jim Cornette fucking hates them doesn't he but the drawbacks and stuff with these things is you need to make sure with high risk stuff that it's done safely and so a lot of the time you can see like, you know, that they're making sure that they're ready to catch somebody or, you know, they're ready to fall or move into something a certain way. So it looks quite telegraphed, you know, like you say, when you look at really it. It's really hard not to telegraph it though, isn't it? Well, exactly. So, you know, see, at the end of the day... Don't telegraph it and maybe not catch him as a fucking dangerous <laughs> prospect. Exactly, it? exactly. So, um, you know, but they're the only minor drawback. You'd have to be clutching the straws there, but no, it gets a clear highlight for me. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Totally agree. So the next one, I don't know whether you want to do quite a bit of talking on this one because I know you were super no. uh, hyped for it. Okay. Um, no, no, I will. I, I, I'll even, I'll, even let's, let's, I'll, I'll do it. Let's start this. Um, I was, I was super hyped for this and um, I actually think this was almost like, 
Um, obviously, sorry for those who don't know what the match was. Uh, <laughs> Punk versus Kingston. This is why you do this. Punk versus Kingston, right? Not Kofi. We're not on that side now. Come on. Um, so, you know what? This was pretty much what I was expecting in a way. Like, I thought Punk was out to prove a point with this because obviously so many people have gone on about, like, he's he's rusty and he's not done much with AEW and so on and so on. I feel like this match, this just out-and-out out fucking war between the two of them um, was almost, like, to prove a point to us, the viewer, and us, the audience, that Punk can still fucking go in a way. Like, it wasn't a technical wrestling match, but um, it was a fucking brutal one. And um, obviously, I mean, we opened with that sort of back fist before the bell from Kingston as well. And it just proved that like it, it felt so real because they, they clearly just didn't like each other. Obviously, it is a story ultimately, but they sold it so well in the promos before it. Um, they held back. I think you mentioned it when we were doing This Week in Wrestling. The Punk actually even specifically said they weren't showing much, like, in terms of that uh, backstage sort of argument they had on Dynamite. They didn't want to give too much away. So we were ready for this. Like, they have not got at each other to this point. And I think it, it just led for a really good match. And again, different from everything else on the fucking card. Yeah, it was. You know, for, for so many... Like, this was almost like a grudge match, wasn't it? So, again, yeah. it was like a bit of a brawl uh, type thing. But, yeah, you, you just felt like... That back fist before the bell even rung set the tone, didn't it? It was just like, yeah, really you know, Kingston wasn't asked. He wants a fight and he wants to beat the shit out of Punk. And that was that was the whole tone throughout the whole thing. Um, what did you make of the fans starting to turn on Punk and boo him? Um, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised. But then I'm like, is that what they're going for? Because the fans do like Kingston. And the way they sold everything, like the way he told his story, and it's not like Punk has like proven that this was false. He talked about Punk being this asshole ass kisser on the indies and he wanted to look up to him and he got nothing back. And like I was sold on that story as well. I could totally believe Punk being like that. Mm. And um I've I don't know if maybe that's been the desired effect and we're gonna see a heel punk coming up. Um but the fans picking up on it as quick as the they have and booing him is probably a bit surprising, let's say. Yeah. But um I, don't I, I mean, it's a testament to how they've sold this so far. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like oh, you know, John Cena kind of heat where everyone was just like fucking booing him, like because they hate him. You know, it was a lot of um, let's go Kingston, CM Punk. You know, like a lot of those kind of things. They would clearly love both of them, but it was just, and the, the, you know what? There was. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Now that I've just mentioned Cena, the weird homage that Punk did to Cena as well. I don't know whether you you picked up on it in the match. He did the um, the the shoulder barges and then the little thing as he's about to do when he sets up a five knuckle shuffle. Well, right, right in the middle of the match, I, um... and then he even put his hand up like he was about to do the uh, "you can't see me" thing. And the fans that like they that's when they started booing a lot, but obviously they were already starting to boo him before then. But you see, it's things like that that make me go. They wanted the booze, didn't they? This is yeah. like they're the clearly turning punk, and it's it's nice that the 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 fans are following the what they're trying because i weren't sure that's what they were going for because i'm so used to like uh, it sounds bad and i'm not trying to bash wb but i'm so used to them like trying to do something that we just didn't realize they were trying to do if you know what i mean so that like yeah. that didn't land because they, they wanted them to be popular apparently even a I'm, I, I don't even need to come at wwe aw's done this a lot with cody i feel they've missed the mark with cody to what the fans reaction was to what they thought it was going to be mm. um so uh, maybe i'm just a little bit cautious but I do think this is this is the aim, and um, 
I don't know. It, it, it felt right. It didn't feel odd that he was getting that sort of reaction, like you say, especially yeah. at the points he was. And yeah, I think I never um, picked up on the John Cena can, the reference, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to try and find like some highlights or something and send it over just to um, to show you. But I think Tony Khan was quoted as well as saying it reminded him of Rock versus Hogan, in the sense of you know when they started to turn on the Rock and cheer for Hogan in that yeah. moment. Um, so yeah, a bit nice. of a you know, I can kind of see the comparison, but it's slightly different. But yeah, all in all, I thought it was a great match. It was brutal. Obviously, there was, um, you know, blood and, and and stuff from from I think both of them. I can't remember definitely from Punk. Um, and yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, the, the picture of Punk going around the internet now is oh, his face all bloody. Has uh, been quite a popular one, hasn't it, since full gear? Like, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and you know, I enjoy Eddie Kingston as well. And. I hope that we do get to see more of him, but yeah, I wonder what's next for Punk. It's it has been a little bit of a fits and starts, and it, I was not the biggest fan of the team's has stuff. I won't lie. Um, I was a, so mm. I was a, I was a big fan of Derby. I wasn't a fan of Team Taz. I'm a big fan of Kingston. So I hope it's not like another like uh, one now. I want I to think see something else. This has been the closest to an actual feud he's had though, and this has been like built up over what two weeks to this match. So it's not been the longest feud ever. The Team Taz stuff and everything before, it was really just, it felt to me like just punk filling time. And I, I think we've both said this previously, so I'm not trying to act like smart ass now, it's clearly obvious. Um, but even before Tony Khan came out and said, like, we're not using punk fully yet, it's a slow burn kind of thing, we were both saying, like, he can't just come in and jump into every feud he likes. Like, there's already stuff being, the story's being told, so you can't just bring someone in and he'd be involved in everything. Um, so for me, I'm like, I don't think we can even see where this is going yet because he was killing time. He's had this, which I think is done, maybe. I don't know if they might have another match out of this or another continuation in some way out of this. Because um, there's like subtle hints that, like, you know, it's not like we've walked away with um, the, you know, Kingston's end, Punk's respect or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Kingston still fucking hates the guy, so there may be more miles to well, this one. It's one of them, and at the end of the match, CM Punk stuck his hand out to, to shake his hand, and Kingston just just sacked him off, basically. So, so it's almost like he did exactly earn his respect, that. Like, but Kingston wasn't wasn't. Yeah, sorry, ball. I probably phrased that wrong, but I mean, like, like it wasn't like that whole moment of like, like you know, we we like we've earned that now. Yeah, he, he still hates Punk. Like that's how they're selling it. So you you makes you wonder if there may be more to this particular story. But mm. beyond that, I think we're just gonna have to build something from scratch for Punk after that. Because yeah. like, like you say, he's kind of done nothing, and like you say, maybe it feels a little bit fits and starts. But I think he's just been trying to get some younger talent over before building into anything proper. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, definitely keen to see where it goes next. But yeah, banger of a match. Um, and then I think the final final highlight to talk about um, long term storytelling at its finest. Um, at its fucking finest. Yeah, I think uh, I was. So firstly, you know. The match quality itself was nothing short of spectacular, was it? It was, yeah, it was incredible. Um, the pair of them, you know, they've got great chemistry. It showed again. Um, I think I, it was a, a lot more skewed towards Omega than I was expecting. Like he kind of really did take it to Hangman a lot more than Hangman took it to Omega. Um, mm. So that did surprise me. I think obviously no one has ever kicked out of the One Winged Angel. I think a lot of people thought that Hangman was going to do that in this, but then. The first person to kick out of the one-winged angel was, of course, Kenny Omega, because Hangman managed to get Kenny's move on him as well. So even that oh, itself funny. was just like, you know, um, a lot of the 
kind of story that they've built up over time and stuff like that, even for him to mm. attempt that and stuff like that, um, all kind of made sense. Um, I think there's a few times there where I thought that Kenny had, had you know, got it won. Um, so a lot of kind of false finishes, but not too many, I don't think. But it was the thing with the books that surprised me the most in terms of where's that going? Because obviously Dynamite and Rampage and stuff like that, we saw Hangman basically say, look, I screwed you, you guys have screwed me, we're even now as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm telling you now, if you get involved, then, you know, he's, I'm going to basically beat the shit out of you both. Um, and when they kind of hobbled down, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what, what's going to happen here? Um, but then, yeah, that, that little kind of head nod from uh, just such from simple and effective storytelling there, wasn't it? Like they've sort of almost gone, yeah, you've got this, like you've got it won and we're not going to do nothing. Yeah. Like beautifully done, beautifully done. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, totally the right fucking call. Like this is the decision we've all been waiting for. For what three years of AEW, perfectly yeah. executed. No, it's been absolutely incredible. I think as well. Someone posted on Reddit before the first. Um, was it either the? Must it, I don't think it was the All In. Was it? it must have been the first All Out poster, um, and it had basically Jericho, Moxley, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page, and they're the first four champs in that order. So it's like, yeah. you know, Tony's come out wow. and said as well that he knew. He's known basically since day one who his first four champions were going to be. So that goes to show how, you know, when we talk about long-term booking, long-term storytelling, then he's if he's saying he's known from the get-go. That's, that's fantastic foreshadowing, isn't it? If he has known from the get-go and he's deliberately put the poster that way and that sort of thing. Beautiful little um, details like that, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, no, this has been such a fantastic payoff. Like, we've, we've been wanting this win for so long and i'm so glad that we've had it pan out like in this sort of long term of a story like we've um i think we mentioned it briefly before but there's been so many arguments for like there's not really a place for long-term booking now you need to be able to cater to casual viewers etc um and i'm totally playing off the fact that i just knocked, nearly knocked my monitor over there <laughs> um but there's definitely a place for this like how can you not tell us i mean we're in a world where wrestling apparently can't be told in a long-term story but Marvel can spend a decade building towards a film. Like, so there's a place for long-term storytelling in any other media except for wrestling. Apparently, it's just bullshit. Like, I know they want to cater to casual fans, but like, this is this right here. This is like, how hyped is everyone now that he's the champ because he's been fucking deserving it for that long? I mean, there's been arguments, hasn't there? That you know, are there even casual fans anymore of wrestling? Um, you know. We, we always talk. We always talk about you know booking it for the casual fan, but do, does that even exist? I, I, I genuinely don't know. The irony is for me that even the stuff that's worked in WWE in recent years has been long-term storytelling by accident. Hmm. Like Roman Reigns' story wasn't deliberately told, but it's a long-term story. Yeah. You know, Drew McIntyre's redemption and return to WWE and built up the champion was a long-term story that wasn't deliberate. Like all the stuff that's worked hasn't been by design but it's been a long term story that's a fantastic point you know um fucking crazy so it's so true yeah like (laughs) they they don't have like the foresight to go okay this is where this person is now this is where we're going to take them over the next year or two to wrestlemania whatever they don't genuinely like typically do that but yeah to your point like it just so happens if they get dealt a you know a bad hand at, at the time which means things get put off or you know things get delayed 
it's like the whole thing with Roman, like with him at WrestleMania, he should have gone against Goldberg, and that didn't happen. And all the basically everything ended up aligning, didn't it? You know, all the stars yeah. aligned, and that's what made the, it what it was. It's it's shocking. Like it's, you could even sometimes wonder if it's been deliberate how much they look into things like that. Because even if you look at like Kofi Mania, it was kind of accidentally by design. Like he got he they saw the tire turning, I suppose. But it's been years of like him being on the cusp of that shot and not getting it even having the foresight to nod back to the whole him and randy situation mm-hmm. like when they had their match and it he, like kofi was then calling him stupid and stuff like that i was like that was all not deliberate there's no way they planned that that far back no. but then they can lean back on that so it looks like long-term storytelling yeah and weirdly that's the stuff that's been working for people it's mad so it? It, it it is long-term storytelling is still a thing yeah yeah, sorry, went on to a totally different rant there for a sec. But the point is, this was a fantastic match and the, <laughs> the right fucking finish. And I, I didn't even think about things like the young books until we had that moment. And I'm like, like you say, that adds a level of intrigue. Where's that gonna go? Like, I actually think you're right about the whole Adam Cole screwing over Omega, and we might get Cole Omega going forward. Um, obviously, there's that little bit of dissension in the ranks now because the books didn't interfere for Omega. So we're we gonna get Omega pissed with them, but obviously Cole's there for them. So then we end up with essentially the Super Click versus Omega in some way. So like, there's so many possibilities storytelling wise now. My my thoughts on it all. So especially with with the way this ended, with the, the books coming out and stuff. I think on Dynamite this week or Rampage, they're gonna have Kenny Omega in the books, and you know Kenny's gonna take them to task for you know like what why did you let it happen blah blah blah, and then Cole is gonna turn um, on uh, Omega. And we are going to have Super Click, and Omega's going to go away for a bit. I think from what we know about him is he's he's working through injury. He's got a lot of stuff going on at the minute. I think now's a great time for him to just take some time off. We haven't got a paid view. He's going to get super kicked everywhere. <laughs> I do, um, you know, but the, there isn't an AEW pay per view now until Revolution, which is going to be like February March time. So there's a good few months there to you know, you know take some time off and and stuff. I'm- Convinced you're right. I think the the screenshot for Dynamite next week is going to be um, the the classic Adam Cole um, being kissed by the the books as they like to do now with that. Um, I, apologies, as I should know, with that sort of stretch he does. What's the stretch called? What's that move? It's a big, it, basic move. But it's like a camel clutch or something, isn't it? it does. Uh, a camel clutch, right? I'm boss with wrestling moves, so the, <laughs> so I reckon he's gonna have Omega in the camel clutch, and we're gonna do that thing that they always do, but it's Omega is a victim of it this time. That's how it's gonna. That's how they're gonna. Uh, not necessarily close out the show, but that's gonna be the uh, sort of iconic screenshot from Dynamite this week. And I think you're totally right. I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, and I think the fact is we know AEW are gonna be consistent and then this will happen and it won't be forgotten about like omega will go away for a bit and then he'll come back whether it's a um you know revolution or or whatever and he'll come back i mean and it, it's going to be it won't like, be forgotten about by them but obviously the internet wrestling community will be like ah, oh, see omega's been buried <laughs> and they'll totally oh, moan about it until he eventually does come back <laughs> yeah of course yeah um but yeah so i think it's it's going to be interesting because we're going to get super click but then kenny won't be their first kind of feud or whatever, if you will. Well, not first, because obviously Jurassic Express and stuff were, but they're going to be coming off that loss, but they're going to be going after someone else, I think, um, for the next couple of months. So, interesting where that goes as well. But Hangman now, so obviously it's going to be Hangman versus Brian Danielson. He's the winner of the title tournament eliminator. Not so. Miro, no. <laughs> no, Anthony, watch the fucking damn show. Um, 
Why? <laughs> yeah, just uh, just come on and talk about a show that you haven't seen. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Good times, but, good times. But no, so I think that this is the most surprising thing of all, really, because you've just had Hangman winning, and then you know, in a as a parallel, you've just brought in Brian Danielson, who's white hot and hasn't lost a match yet. So for me, this has to be okay, this legitimises Hangman even more. He's just beat Kenny Omega now. He should beat Brian fucking Danielson. Okay, this guy is our mm, champ. Yeah, so that that would be a good way of doing it, to be fair. Like you say, uh, it's not impossible, but the face versus face thing is um, an interesting angle. Uh, but as I say, it's not something that's never been done before by any means, but um, it, it makes that difficult dynamic of who the crowd gets behind. I think they're definitely going to be behind Hangman, that being said. But... Mm. Um, yeah, very interesting. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, Carl. How are they going to tell oh, that story? Yeah. Very intrigued. Very intrigued. But yeah, so I think uh, Full Gear was fantastic. There was only one one slight uh, mark that besmirched the uh, the show, in my opinion. Um, I'd actually agree with you. I just, I just don't think this match needed to happen. So we're talking about Cody and Pac against Andrade and Black. Um, so... It just felt out of place. So, if you if you read obviously the the dirt sheets and all that kind of stuff, the original plan was for this to be a fatal four way match. Apparently, I think this is actually what Tony had scribbled down on his notepad. That definitely wasn't the booking for Full Gear. Um, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I think he actually had it down as a fatal four way match. Uh, but yeah, the the decision to make it a tag team match and stuff, I just I feel like it was a bad one. And I think the match itself was shit because it just. I don't get what they were trying to achieve with it. Like they had the infighting between Pac and Cody, like tagging each other in, um, and like every time t- Cody tagged himself in, the fans would lose their minds and boo him and stuff like that. But he's like, "No, no, I'm still a good guy," and it's like, right. And then for no reason whatsoever, you had Andrade and fucking uh, Alistair Black doing it. Uh, sorry, Malachi Black doing it um, later on as well in the match, and it was like, "Well, why are you guys doing it now?" And then, you know, essentially the the Pac ends up winning the match. Um, for the good guys, but then out of fucking nowhere, FTR come down and start beating everybody up, and it was just like, I don't get it. What, 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 what is it meant to? What, what were they trying to achieve with it? Like think, Cody still hasn't turned heel. Like they won. The the fans hated Cody all the way through it. Then it was like he's the one left beaten down at the end. Cody and he's there. Like the last words before they move on to the segment is, "Is Pack okay? Is Pack okay?" And it's like, oh fuck off, man. Like where's the Cody Rhodes, right? who fucking I absolutely loved in the first year of AEW, where he's there cutting that fucking promo about going from undeniable to fucking goddamn, you know, oh no, sorry, undesirable to goddamn undeniable. You know, that was a fantastic promo. The fans, he had everyone eating out the palm of his hands. Where's that, Cody? Honestly, like, it's a weird miss for AEW. This, like, I think they're taking that long to turn him heel that it's honestly getting to a point that it's just, it's, it's almost fucking pointless. He's just doesn't it, it it just screams of tone deaf. How can they not see that Cody needs to turn heel? Nobody's liking him at the minute. No. Like they're not I liking know. him because of the look of the character. It's like basically just entitled, isn't he? Like, I'm gonna fight you till I win because I need to win. Well exactly. And if I lose once I'm gonna pretend to retire. Like fuck off. Yeah, he's just he's like, he's become this honestly, really the... Come on. Dumb. No no. I was I was gonna say, he's become this really just unlikable character like and i don't understand how it happened he's just this guy who 
you know, put wrestling aside to go and be on this fucking the the big big show or whatever the fuck it was called, the Go Big Show. What, what was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he's there like with Rosario Dawson and fucking all these people like oh, aren't it and Snoop and that aren't I dead good? And then <laughs> Hollywood Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? And then he, he he's there and he's there with his little cigars and stuff like that and the way he talks about himself and I, I don't know. He just I don't understand what what they've done with him. But the fact, as you're saying, like how tone deaf can you be? They're literally clamoring for him to turn heel. They, they did all these weird little vignettes with Arn Anderson for weeks, and like that's just dropped off now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was all the stuff where he was setting stuff on fire, and he was like, "Yeah, but you're gonna." Honestly, they've they've been doing this for like he had the first year of AEW. I'll give him that. But since then, they've been doing this nonstop. Like with the TNT title, like yeah. I was fine with him having it. I was fine with him winning it every week. He's not allowed to go for the AEW main, like mm-hmm. the main title, um, like ever apparently. So, um, so it made sense that he went for that, but then he lost it and then had to dye his hair black and go all edgy for like a week. <laughs> and it's like, do you, you, you don't know what you want. No. And this is kind of an example of you don't know what you want because at what point were Cody and Pac ever going to be a tag team? The whole match itself shouldn't have ever been, it shouldn't have been made. What no. was this? Is Pac no. a good guy now as well? Well, I, exactly. So I, even that is I weird. I thought he was a bad guy. I don't remember so, him turning face. He's still a bastard, but he's aligned himself with the Lucha Brothers, who you know for Death Triangle, and they're good guys. So by proxy, he's like a good guy. But I don't know which tunnel does he come out of for fuck's sake. How does that work? Like, oh yeah, you know, I suppose since you guys are good now, might as well yeah. turn good myself. It's like and then align yourself with the most unlikable one. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, and I, I Pac-Man, he, Pac-Man, Pac Man, Pac Man, is ace. He's ace, and um, I, I'm, I normally enjoy every match he's in, but it's just, you know, when you're like, why have we put these two together? Even on the other side of it, why have we put Andrade and Black? I don't even mind that as much, but why have we put these two together? Well, none of it they makes sense. The whole match just didn't really make sense. No. But I feel like... And it's just another mechanism to get Cody and Black back together. Well, yeah. I like Unfortunately, right, and I know you joke all the time about, like, oh, Cody this, Cody that, as, like, you know, as in, like, you don't like him and stuff. Like, I genuinely do like Cody Rhodes, but... I don't. How can he come back from this? He's had a Honestly, fantastic like, first year. Is his second like? Is I mean, how long has he been doing this? Is, is this three years now? What even is uh, time? I think, think AEW has been three years now. Yeah, has it? So the last two years have been dreadful for him. He had the whole shit with Anthony Agogo and stuff. But you know those promos he was cutting. But like that, stuff, like, like this is the thing. I've I totally agree with you. By the way, I I like Cody. Like he talks with such passion for the business. When you're dealing with Cody, the person. He's an awesome guy, and I, you know I wouldn't like. This is why I'm very careful to talk about the character on screen rather than the person, because as a person, he seems like an awesome guy. And he seems to absolutely love the business and has nothing but passion for it. But the character we're getting on screen is shocking, and some of the decisions are shocking. Agogo should have won that match. Yeah. Why did we squash him? What did that do for Agogo? I mean, Cody? to be fair, it shouldn't have happened because he's essentially not ready. So it's like they brought him up yeah, to have a match with Cody point. and then they've sent him right back down to, to development. So that makes him only look that, worse anyway. That's kind of the point, isn't it? It's like, well, if you're going to put him up against Cody, it's to give him the push. It's to because yeah. he's ready and you're going to give him the push. But instead, it was like just a mechanism to make Cody look good because he beat up somebody. Well, beat up. He beat somebody in a match who wasn't ready. Yeah. He's getting, I mean, he's getting the Triple H comparisons, isn't he? And it's like, you know, because he is a fucking exec and he Unless is. This is uh, Long term booking, and that's what they're going for. 
Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but like, you know, also, maybe this isn't one for now, maybe it's one for a, a future segments um, where we put the spotlight on AEW as, as a company as opposed to just on an individual superstar. But I, like I, I still think, I think there's stuff missing from the first year or two of AEW that I want to see them bring back, like some of the comedy aspects and stuff like that and some of the, you know, the actual just raw promos that the likes of Cody Rhodes used to cut uh, in the middle of the ring. Like, remember the fucking stuff with the... Uh, the, the Cody thing and him and Brandy and he's all sad and the next minute Jericho comes out and does a parody. Like, how funny was that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and... oh, there was so much great comedy and uh, to be honest, a lot of that was like, I don't know like whether COVID like affected that a little bit because like, I think on a personal level, Jericho might have gone off the deep end a little bit, hmm. you know, for a little bit during the COVID time. But like, they come out, like, like you say, there was a lot of fun comedy and there was a lot of drive from them all. And then they had to sort of think differently and act differently during COVID. So we've got a lot of the, and it was still awesome what they did, what they achieved during that time, like they're doing the bubbly bunch and all those things when they couldn't all physically be together, but they still put them vignettes together and did all those fun bits. But I don't know. Um, like, I think it's I, more to Tony Khan, to be comedy, honest. Do you reckon? I was going to say, because I reckon a lot of the comedy come from the inner circle and we're not getting as much of that now from them. Yeah, but I think Tony Khan took a tighter like hold of things, didn't he? Um, on the reins, I mean, yeah, and basically fair, it was like, I'm, first year they were all creatively involved. Yeah, they? I think he's basically gone. I'm booking the show now, and he wants it to be more sports and whatever. And I feel like that's cool and all, but I do feel like some stuff like that's missing. The two core bits I miss are just really impassioned promos, um, mm. which we used to see a lot more regularly early on. Yeah, and we and do then, still get some. I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, and then like some of the comedic aspects of it as well because like i'm telling you now like if you go back and you watch that cody rhodes promo versus like a, a promo he's cut recently you just it's night and day like how bad it's become whereas how great it was like literally he had that crowd eating out the fucking palm of his hands with that promo i don't know how he's fucked himself up so much because i and i'm still convinced of this and i'm sorry to harp on he, he's booked now as over dramatic mm. Like and the two examples I give are the two examples I've mentioned previously, and I'm gonna mention them again because I don't care. Um, gonna dye his hair black because he lost the TNT title, quite dramatic. Or the I lost a match. I'm gonna leave my boots in the ring. I'm done. <laughs> like just, just calm down. Yeah. You know, like it's just really over dramatic booking for me. Yeah. He just um he's having a bit of an identity crisis. It's just, I'm gonna give him the same critique as I give the likes of Big E. He's he's like almost forgotten who he is. What is his character anymore? He's like someone who was like. At one point, doing push-ups in the middle of the ring and being cocky and arrogant, and arms fuming with him on the sidelines, and then it's yeah. you know what I mean. Like that happened at one point. So it's like okay, doesn't do that anymore. Now he comes out with this fucking big American like fucking Liberty jacket thing that he he's got on and stuff. And it's like, well, what? Why are you still doing that? It kind of made sense, even though it was shit. Like when he was doing it versus a go-go, it's like a US versus UK thing. Okay, maybe, but I just don't. But get again, it. like. Even that, it was like, is he going to turn heel? Because a lot of people likened his attire. Um, I think it was with a go-go, but certainly they've likened his whole American attire to, uh, I don't know if you watched the show, Carl, but um, the boys on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, they likened him to Homelander, who is basically the epitome of like your, super, your Superman-type character, but obviously he's a bad guy, he's an asshole. So like, you go, well, is that the nod they're trying to make? Like He looks a bit like Homelander because he is like, portraying the good all-american guy but he's actually an asshole but then you don't even get a payoff to that kind of stuff it's like no we still haven't pulled the trigger we don't know what we want cody to be and he doesn't know yeah. what he wants to be all we know is he ended racism because he's with brandy 
I think that's how the promo went. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn, savage. That was, that was, a, fu- that that was a fucking pipe bomb moment right there. Sorry, um, it was it was just such a shocking promo. Like, what the fuck are you even talking about now, Cody? Yeah. He's just like, honestly, and again. As a person, uh, he seems like every interview I've seen where it's been talking to the guy, he seems like a really nice guy. But the the character we're getting in the last few years, uh, the last two years, sorry, is just I, I really don't know uh, what is this. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's all from a character standpoint. Obviously, he's an absolute sweetheart, and he by all accounts, and you know, I I, I genuinely think he's fantastic. But yeah, it just I wish whether it, you know he is going to go down the heel route, whether he you know reimagines himself to be more like he was in year one AEW. He just, he, we need to do something different to what it is because he, he's, it's got to a point now where he's bringing everything down that he's in and he's so yeah. much better than that. He should be elevating everything. So Honestly, I'll go as far as saying this. Stardust was better. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that it was better than the current Cody we've got right now. Damn. So, yeah. I don't think there's any anything else we can uh, we can put on that to be fair. Um, so in we terms of one oh shape, but we talked about it. <laughs> we did. Um, so in terms of ratings, then Anthony, um, I'm going I'm going big with this. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed right. it. There was nothing really that other than that that match we just said. Then there was nothing which was bad about it. There was some fantastic stuff in there. Um, I am still on the fence whether or not it was better than All Out. I don't know. They were very similar shows. There was good things about both of them. Um, For me, this was the best pay-per-view they've done. Ever. I dare say one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a long time, but I think this is the best pay-per-view they've done. Now, it's a bit of an unfair statement because obviously this is the result of a lot of storytelling. So mm-hmm. you can't, like, they couldn't have achieved that back then. Do you know what I mean? Had to get to this point. So um, maybe a little unfair, but it is the best for me. The best pay per view they've done. Um, that being said, because the where it's only the one negative we can take from it in all fairness, but because I can't call it like the perfect show, that wouldn't be an accurate statement. So um, I'd probably agree with your rating. Which um, I, have you just give your rating? I have I four, and half, your rating. four and a half. Four and a half. half. I didn't know whether you'd said it or not, and I'm like, I don't want to spoil your rating for you, <laughs> so I'm just going to say I agree with yours. How can but, you do uh, that? Yeah. I, 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 I'm having a shocker of a night. I couldn't remember if you said it or not. Um, <laughs> not Listen, happened. kids, I, don't drink. Don't do drugs. <laughs> but uh, No, I'd have to agree with you on a four and a half. But honestly, I'd have been, had I not have at least had a couple of gripes, I was on the edge of giving this a five because I think this was just executed. Everything paid off well. Like you say, all the matches were unique enough to each other that it, everything was sort of engaging and entertaining. The, you know, some really like the, the payoff to Hangman alone was fantastic, um, and I, I'm on on the edge of giving it a five. But I, I, I say because there are some criticisms I can give, I can't give it a perfect rating. So four and a yeah. half, totally agree. No, I think it's fair. I think we we discussed seven of the ten matches, um, you know, and the ones that we didn't discuss were still decent as well. Probably just not just missing something to get him into the into the um, yeah, exactly, highlights yeah. really. So um, obviously, Britain Tay was. Um, was still really good in a circle yeah, I feel and kind of bad uh, not American top team to be honest but like you say they were good like just probably wasn't anything like 
And I, I, this isn't a slight <clears> to take, but it, I think it's more that we've probably seen better matches from Britain. I mean, this wasn't a bad match by any stretch, but it, like you say, it just doesn't quite hit the highlight. Yeah, something just felt a little bit off. I don't know whether it was the pacing or what between the two of them, but it was just a little bit... Um, they looked like absolutely gassed by like five minutes in. So it mm. was just a bit... It was just a bit odd, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think obviously... I believe you, you were a bit out of breath as well, weren't you? <laughs> what, what are you implying there? <laughs> anyway um so yeah i think um obviously we had the, the inner circle against the american top team as well which you know it was sloppy um it wasn't a, a, a no shite by any means but you know i was really impressed with junior dos santos for example i thought he was incredible the stuff he did you know he's not a wrestler he was doing loads of wrestler moves took a massive superplex and stuff like that yeah. so what more can you say yeah. dan lambert yeah, was good as, yeah. as his um you know as the little shitty heel that he is and then, <clears throat> terrible of me, but I can't even remember what the, the, the match that we're missing is. Um, but there was another one as well. Um, there was? What was it? Hmm. What know. was it? So what memorable. Was... Such a good match. <laughs> um, I might be able to pull up the prediction series results really quick and I'll have it on there. Um, talk amongst yourself, talk amongst yourself. Talk amongst myself. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> How are you today? I'm fine. Just, just you and the voices. So glad Miro won. <clears throat> Can't wait to see what uh, things happen for Miro now. You've had a mare, really, haven't you? You've had an absolute mare. That is shocker night, honestly. What are you playing now? Let well, I can tell down. you, currently on Instagram, the big guy Ryback has started a live fundraiser. I don't even want to know what that's for. Whether or not he should retire. No, he's asked that question too many times now. <laughs> and it was clearly okay. a joke anyway. He wants people to say retire. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Of course. Why would he give the option if he didn't want people to pick it, Carl? Duh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. You can't find it, can you? Uh, I, think, <clears throat> I think it was just the pre-show. It's the only oh, other yeah, one we haven't spoken we about. But, pre-show match, yeah. Um, and I think yeah. we did sort of briefly mention that. But. I just remember there was 10. There was 10 matches. Oh, no. But, Dan. So yeah, so that was uh, AW's full gear. That was the last pay-per-view for AW of 2021. Hell of a pay-per-view it was. Um, How will the cookie crumble? We're going to find out on Wednesday what the next steps are for a lot of these and what the new feuds and, and things are going to be. How how do you do even more long-term storytelling after the biggest three-year story has potentially come to an end for a little bit? Um, between Hangman and Kenny, so... Lots of new stuff to explore and do. But yeah, that was our thoughts on Full Gear. Um, obviously, we went through this week in wrestling. Um, gave you all our thoughts on that. Went through the ringside reports. <laughs> went through all the news and rumours. Um, and of course, we'll say it again, because why not? ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash A to the K Wrestling. Get yourself a t-shirt. Um, if you want to wait till Black Friday time, in fact, I think it's like next week, you can get 20% off that t-shirt. See? We're nice to you. And you know what? We do. We'll be so nice. I'll, I'll let you know in our secret. They sell other people's shirts as well, not just Shut ours. Shut up. So you can get, Shut up. No. Wrestle the shirts too and stuff. No. Shh. Just. Sorry. It's Black Friday and it's trying to help. <clears> they can buy our shirt and then they can buy some other shirts too. But just buy more of our shirts? I mean, that's true. Buy them all. Buy the set. <laughs> by the set I love it <laughs> collect all four um, so yeah so make sure you go and check us out on there 
um, on all the social medias as always. And yeah, another fun filled week. We may, I mean, we were we didn't even do the it's Monday. You know what that means? Because damn, we're early, early for once. I know. Um, but yeah, we may be shocking everyone. Maybe potentially dropping in this week, um, end of the week, with another uh, little surprise episode, um, potentially. So maybe a holiday stay tuned special, if you will. So yeah, uh, until then, we will see okay. you guys potentially later this week. Um, so take it easy. And here is AEW's Griff Garrison to say adios. Bye. This is Griff Garrison, and you're listening to A to the K. 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 A to the K.